0: welcome to gleaming the tube the podcast where kevin and mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point finally a podcast where people talk about movies Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 2003's Grind, directed by Casey Lascala, tells the story of four skateboarding pals who try and get sponsored in GoPro by road tripping through the various competitions around the West Coast and discovering that the real sponsorship may be friendship itself. A perfect synopsis, Kevin. You can tell it's a skate film because you hear those wheels under the uh, opening credits yeah yeah that's that's uh it it draws you into the story the sweet urethane on concrete and then once you saw and randy quaid show up in the opening credits too you're, <laughs> you're like we're in for a good time we're doing it another another appearance of randy quaid in a skateboarding movie that's fantastic we're in the hands of professionals <laughs> we sure are woof off the bat michael i'm i'm just gonna throw out that I fucking hated this movie. It was not a good film.
1: It was, um, it was, it was very much like the, the the skateboarding Christian Angel movie. What was the name of that movie we watched? Um, that was Hard Flip. Hard Flip. Much like Hard Flip, I spent the entire movie wondering why we should give a fuck about these four dudes and why they were considered the good guys in a movie where they acted completely. Aberrant.
0: (laughs) And honestly, I will give Hardflip more rope than this one, because Hardflip was like a Christian movie. So, like, the bar is so much lower. And Hardflip didn't meet that low bar, but... It like this movie I thought was worse than Hard Flip and had a much bigger budget
1: and and like a like a, every favor must have gotten called like, it like the cast was kind of weirdly stellar, like all the bit parts that they got were obviously very well known and pretty recognizable actors, especially you know for the for two thousand three when it came out. It was trying desperately to have some kind of dazed and confused energy, with that that kid from uh, Super Troopers doing his very best, Matthew McConaughey, and it just it everything, and it all was based on this idea that these guys like like they were they were completely unsympathetic characters in every way. They were just shitty, <laughs> spoiled. Grabby weirdos who like didn't like each other or, uh, or, or seemed to, to like skateboarding very much. It is, it is one thing. The one thing that, that was, it was a, an immediate observation for me as a fan of skateboarding was that this movie, uh, came out at, at if there, if, the, if there was a sort of a blind spot in my, uh, love and following of skateboarding it was right chronologically right in like 2003 where i sort of was up to other things and not paying attention and and i will say that the skateboarding the industry side of skateboarding that was represented in the movie seems to me to have been really accurate and that the only read i could get on like skateboarding and the skateboarding industry in the early 2000s was that it had turned into this sort of like joyless corporate uh kind of like grubbing for for sponsorship era um so that kind of read actually i was like oh the pro that they're all they're they're all trying to like you know emulate is this like black hole of a personality played by jason london who doesn't seem interesting or particularly talented or nice at all no <laughs> and that's the guy they all want to be and like there was no, there's no no yeah like, like and the four the four main character kids were just like you know it's funny to watch you, know, you go back and you watch these movies at you know we are 40 in our mid-40s so you watch these kids and they're like why the fuck should anybody give you anything You're rude and not interesting and not very funny or friendly, and you just assume that you get to have everything. (laughs) Like, fuck you guys. It's
0: like, it it felt to me like an artificially intelligent bottle of Mountain Dew, (laughs) like wrote this movie. The whole thing had kind of like a Warped Tour X Games feel to it or whatever. And it's just, that is not what I like.
1: Well, and that's the thing. And, and I will say this, that was skateboarding in 2003 that it like that, that whole X games monster energy money started coming in and there were these giant corporate events. And yeah, I mean, for the first time skateboarders sort of started actually being able to make a real living, but, but all through this like weird, sort of like these corporate entities had taken over a lot of like, you know, the, the shoe companies were all owned by these big shell corporations that like just kind of kept throwing money at things but everything became sort of joyless and it was it was an era where you if you were seeking to get sponsored as a skateboarder the company would literally give you a makeover and like tell you to change your clothes and the way that you did tricks in order in order to like keep the desions of 15-year-old boys interested in what you were doing and anything that was, like, interesting or fun about skateboarding kind of got, you know, sort of siphoned out and replaced with a, with a a with a Red Bull logo. <laughs> so in that way, the movie was actually pretty accurate.
0: I know it's very popular these days to rail against the sorts of people who complain about selling out. Right. But I'm going to say this movie is a good illustration of why that there are occasionally people who complain about when something gets sold out. Because yeah, it, it feels like a skateboarding was this cool thing and let's suck all of the joy out of it. In, in favor of a Monster Energy logo. Oh,
1: absolutely. And the other thing is, is that the, the sad part about it, too, is that the the kind of the outlier faction of skateboarding were birthed from that, you know, sort of loudmouth, fuckface, uh, uh, Bam Margera, um, jackass sort of contingent that, like you Know we're sort of rebelling against that, but in the way where they were like basically assaulting people, and <laughs> you know what I mean? And like,
0: yeah, it's hard because I feel like Jackass deserves its own episode, especially because there are movies for it. But sure. a lot of like the sort of a lot of Jackass personalities show up, you know, as cameos in this movie. Baron Magera plays a weird version of himself. Um, yeah, I think Jason Acuna shows up at one point, and uh, Preston Lacey.
1: Those. Yeah, they're all they're all in the movie. One of the hip hop kids is that uh, I can't pronounce his name, but Aaron or whatever his name is, is, is one of uh, the Aaron McGarry. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the hip hop kids. So right. So there was and, the, you know, it's funny. It it, it really is as a, a time capsule of the time. Everyone is present and accounted for. Tom Green shows up and we man, show, like you said, we man shows up and Mike Vallely and all the contest footage. You know, it was fun to watch the footage of all the contests. Just because you get to see, you know, guys from that era, like Kareem Campbell, was on on camera a lot, and that was really neat to see. But even those guys, like I think, other than Chad Fernandez, who played one of the kind of hip hop rival skateboarders, a lot of the skateboarders in the era were smart to kind of keep their participation in movies like this just to I'll be there in the, you know, in the contest, and I won't have a lot of dialogue or anything because. I can tell you that pro skateboarder Chad Fernandez has been answering for his for his presence in this movie. There there was a there was I I found an interview with him from like 2014 in which the first question they ask him is, so how about that piece of shit movie grind you did? And he's like, oh, God, I, I, you know. I gotta check what. What can I tell you? <laughs> you
0: know, but there are people in this movie who were involved in other things that I think are good. Dave Foley from the Kids in the Hall has a small part in this movie. Yeah, the the, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. There, what's uh, a ogre? Ogre was in that movie. Stephen Root's in this movie. I love Stephen Root.
1: Christopher McDonald from uh, for, as the, the the bad guy in every Adam Sandler movie is in this, and it's funny because all those little scenes are kind of great you know they bring christopher mcdonald in and they're like okay you're the you're the dad who's kind of a prick and he goes i ah, i got it and he, you know the or the, the scene with dave foley is is you know uh, at least something
0: interesting is happening but that's not enough to build a movie around No, it's oh man and the the writing in this movie i thought was terrible there is a scene that is absolutely just a mentos commercial yeah Yep. Where they're like, they didn't even like say like, oh, we're going to rip off this Mentos commercial. It's just, it's as if they saw the Mentos commercial and we're like, oh yeah, this is, that's really clever. Let's put that in the movie. But we won't say it was a Mentos commercial. We'll just have our characters do that.
1: Yeah, well, and that that's the thing. I think the story, that like the story that they're on a road trip is, it, you know, it, it turns into this sort of like weird assorted collections of mi- of like mini mini scenes there's the club and then the contest and then the weird fucking clown college all of a sudden and and it's all very it's all very sort of separated uh and it doesn't really hang together as much of a story like even like the you know the fact that he like gets the girl in the end by simply being not quite as much of a shit bag as van margera it's like why do you deserve any of this I also it was also uh, funny to me that, that again, in the in the in the narrative of escape movie, there had to be some sort of like duel between the 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 kids who just were, were the bad guys, but only because they were wearing
0: slightly different haircuts than the other kids. I was super impressed by that scene because it's the big dueling skate off at the end and literally nothing is at stake right there is nothing at stake it does not matter who wins or who loses that except that suddenly these shit bags who've been harassing you for the past like three weeks like suddenly respect you
1: (laughs) yes and they give you a handshake i was i was laughing a, a lot during that scene because as you know, whenever we, you know, whenever we prepare for one of these movies, I do a lot of like research as to like, who the skateboarders were and who the stunt people were. And it occurred to me that professional skateboarder Chad Fernandez is a street skateboarder, and I do not know that he is a proficient enough vert skateboarder to pull off any of those tricks, which means that the pro skater in the movie also had a stunt skater because he wasn't able to do the tricks that were required in order for them to have the duel on the giant vert ramp. So it seemed, even though I couldn't find any evidence of this, it was like, oh, they got Bob Bernquist to, to be the stunt double for professional skateboarder Chad Fernandez.
0: Fantastic. It was
1: also funny to see avowed Christian Brian Sumner in the in the in the nightclub scene making out with a girl on the couch I was like oh is this is this before you found the lord or is that your wife that you're making out with on the couch there Brian what's going on leave some room for the holy ghost Brian it was it was funny I I as the movie started unfolding I was like oh man they are attempting this, like I said, this sort of like dazed and confused energy, except the thing about dazed and confused is that all those people are genuinely like the nice people are the cool, popular people. And in this movie, they're just they're all just
0: assholes, <laughs> just a bunch of fucking assholes. It, it, it is straight. I mean, I don't even know if uh, so like the main the main guy, Eric, played by Mike Vogel. I don't know if that character is an asshole. He's just a cypher. I mean, I liked, I liked
1: Dave Rogowski. He seemed like a genuinely, genuinely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Adam Brody kind of plays his, his sort of slightly nerdier best friend. And Adam Brody, as you know, as you alluded to, played Dave Rogowski on the Gilmore Girls. He played Seth Cohen on the OC. He's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's probably in terms of like the main cast, the one who went on to have um like the most recognizable career. Sure, sure.
1: And and he but it's funny, like even his story arc, like it's it's one or the other. You go on this road trip or you go to college. And I was I'm like, but can't you you know you could go on the road trip and then just go to college. It's <laughs> like it's a, that's that's not the end
0: of the road, guys. <laughs> he's uh but like he's reasonably likable in yeah, this movie. Yeah. I don't I don't think like Adam Brody managed to not have to answer for this movie for the rest of his life. Yes, he he, he remained sort of a, a just just above enough the
1: the uh the fracas. <laughs> to...
0: On the other side of the equation, you have uh Vince Velouf as the Matt Jansen character who I don't understand why they would have this person around. No idea. Like I have, I have asshole friends, especially when I was younger who were around partly because they were really funny and would do funny, outrageous things, but his stuff isn't even funny.
1: Well, in a in a couple of points, it's nearing sexual assault, actually. Like, and there was a couple of moments where I was like, well, dude, why don't you keep your fucking hands to yourself, man? Like, geez. Yeah, it was it was funny because I think he was supposed to be sort of like the bam of their crew. But I don't think his antics were charming or interesting. It was just like, he was, it was just like, I know I'll just be, I'll be the guy who makes a bunch of loud noises.
0: <laughs> I don't know. And like... For something in the '80s, sometimes you can watch it and be like, "Well, you know, people didn't know, and it was a different time." This was 2003. This was, you know, I mean, this is still like nearly 20 years ago. But I felt like people knew, right, that this was not the way to behave in 2003.
1: Well, it's funny because I I do think that at that point, the skate industry certainly didn't know. I mean, it was only recently that that women in skateboarding were even sort of considered in the same in the same breath as the as their male counterparts and in this movie the the only function that 99 percent of the women have is to be wearing a you know to be bearing their midriff and seeking to make out with some dirty scumbag skateboarder who you know who could do tricks you know the only the only uh the only actual skateboarding female character was the was the the young lady who was who uh ended up on house md that's how i okay it took me a while to recognize her and of course i didn't write down her name but she was
0: uh one of the original cast on house md and i was like oh all right at least she went on to do something yeah the detour to the you mentioned the detour to the clown college oh where <laughs> um the matt character's parents were clowns and that made I think the people writing the script were kind of like oh well this this is going to be really out there and crazy but it just um it did not work
1: well it it, it didn't work for me because oh it was only moments before that the character of matt inexplicably beats up a clown who who it's never clear as to why the clown is there and then he kicks the shit out of the clown and you think uh, okay and then moments later he's like you know that it's it's a totally unearned uh um revelation that his that his father played by Randy Quaid is a is it is he a teacher at the clown college? Is he a student at the clown college? I just, it's hard
0: to say. Did he found the clown college? Is this the Randy Quaid School of Clownology? And I feel like the filmmakers were like, oh, we need to set up this clown stuff a bit more. Let's just have him randomly beat up a clown earlier right. in the film. Right. It's um, oh, I really did not like this movie.
1: It was, it was a it was a tough watch. It was it was not much better than Street Dreams, <laughs> even though Street Dreams was made from entirely inside the industry. Like I said, it's still there's still just every single trope. And I think that's why, you know, it's it's funny. I often think back fondly of the episode where we where we talk about North Hollywood and how I I was unable to explain the process of of, you know, how one actually becomes sponsored a ghost pro. And even though I stand by the fact that even though that is a much more sort of ethereal, difficult to explain set of circumstances, it's still way more accurate of a representation than I'm going to go have an unprecedented, I'm sorry, an unsolicited duel on the vert ramp and then suddenly emerge the other side a sponsored
0: skateboarder. It's interesting because like, With Street, like, you you mentioned Street Dreams. And I feel like Street Dreams, while not a movie I particularly loved, I felt like took great pains to get the skateboarding stuff right. Right. And I thought that, like, the people playing the skateboarders were actual skateboarders. Like, I felt like like Paul Rodriguez Jr. um, was not, like, a fantastic actor, but I thought he was likable enough. He had decent screen presence. Like, he was fine for that movie. And these people were actors, because you could kind of tell, like, that you never see anyone's face during the the skateboard trick scenes. Oh but yeah, yeah. They weren't even able to pull the acting bit off. It was just oh, it was like nothing, nothing. <laughs> there was no <laughs> good here. It was, I, it was. Wait, wait, let's face it. If Tom
1: Green being on screen for three seconds is one of the high points of the movie, you know you've you've taken a severe a severe detour <laughs> off of the
0: highway of quality. I guess. Man, was it rough. The movie this actually reminded me of the most, more so than any of the other skateboard movies we've watched, is I don't know if you've ever seen a movie called Fanboys. Yes. Okay. It reminded me a lot of Fanboys, which is I think from around the same time, like, like late or maybe like a little bit later, like late 2000s. Um, but that's sort of about four kind of Star Wars friends or four, uh, who go on a road trip to find the George Lucas ramp and see the Phantom Menace before it comes out. And I think that's one where that had a script that sort of got chewed through the ringer in the uh, efforts to make a Hollywood film. I thought that movie had a, I thought fanboys, well, also not good, had a little bit more heart than this. Like this, this movie felt entirely cynical to me.
1: Well, and and it's funny because that, I think the reason for that is that, that that is more of a skateboarding problem than a filmmaking problem i think that skateboarding as a whole there was a long period of time from the from maybe the mid 90s to the mid 2000s where skateboarding was entirely built on this it like there was there, there was no joy or gratitude it was all it was all sort of like this it was it was like Everything was through this filter of sort of this ironic detachment of not, you know, you couldn't pretend like you cared about anything. And it that is all over the screen. You know, it was all these guys who were like in this really, really interesting position of being pro skateboarders. But for the life of them, couldn't even for a second act as though they were, you know, they were gracious because that would mean that you were lame or, you know. Uh, God, what a man. what a what a difficult time. This was thin thin gruel. <laughs> would you would you say that this that watching this movie was a bit of a grind?
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at Gleaming the Tube. And our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest skateboarding is not a crime.